0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Jarosh. Thanks so much for being here today. Today, I want to talk about the pesky problem of duct taping your problems when, in fact, you could probably be solving them instead. Uh, No judgment here. Listen, I've been there. There are moments where you have to duct tape an issue Um, and keep moving forward, right? But I've noticed all too often with friends, peers, clients that duct taping problems can become the solution itself, which is a big no-no, and I'm going to talk about that today. All right, a little bit about duct taping problems before I dive into my three-step strategy for actually solving a problem. If you are a CEO, founder, running a team, manager, director, you understand what it's like to be moving sometimes at a really fast pace. And so when a problem arises, you may not always have the resources or the opportunity to solve a problem in the way that you would like to. I get that. I've been there. And so what do you do? You duct tape it. Um, you duct tape the issue, you kind of, you shelf it, and y- you keep moving, right? Um, and I've seen that happen probably far too often, especially with really wonderful leaders who might just not have the resources or the team or the time to be able to solve a problem in the smart way. Now, if this is you, if you don't have a resource or a team or time, um, you know, start working towards that. That's part of building the business, you know. Um, but I often see, and there's this flip side to this, which is duct taping a problem, not because you don't have the resources, a uh, team or time, but because that is the solution strategy. And that's a big no no. I see a lot of bad leaders duct tape problems to either um, cover up something that they don't want others to know about, or they don't want to listen. They don't want to hear of a solution. You know, they think that maybe they know best. They act like they don't have the time. Really, that's just a listening problem, though, because if they can listen to the feedback from the team, they would take the time to, you know, problem solve. So two sides of a coin there, right? There's the resources and the time and the team that you may just not have, even though you want to solve the problem well. Or there's the other side of the coin, which means your ego might be getting in the way a little bit of solving a problem well. Either way, today I'm going to offer up my three-part strategy for solving problems. Now, a little teaser, it's going to involve using story. Okay. So bear with me here. Okay. Step number one of this three-part strategy is identifying the issue. So let's say someone comes up to you and they're like on your team and they're like, oh, I, I can't figure this out. Um, we're having this huge problem with this process and it's just not working. There's a couple ways you can go at it. You can duct tape it. Um, and that might be, um, pushing through or, uh, Saying, hey, we're just not going to do it this time, or um, we'll deal with it next time. I've heard that a lot. Um, Or, you know what? Just give it to somebody else. We don't have time to deal with it right now. Or there's simply and without judgment, just identifying the issue. And that could be as simple as writing that issue down on a piece of paper. The issue is uh, we don't have X, Y, Z resource to fulfill this step in the process or we don't have a team member, or um, we overpromised um, a deliverable, for example. So simply identifying the issue almost, uh, in a way, kind of acknowledges the elephant in the room. So when you're duct-taping a problem and you're not solving it efficiently, you are, in, an, in essence, um, trying to ignore the elephant in the room. And this really sheds light on, okay, let's just say we've got the issue. Just put it out there. Okay, noted, got it. Step one, identifying it, naming it. But step two is where the real work begins. So if you want to solve a problem efficiently and well, after you identify it, name it, you're going to want to dissolve the story around it. So what does it mean to not have this resource or not have a team member or not have the time or what does it mean when we've over-promised but we're about to under-deliver? And that's where the real work begins because most of the leaders I know want to solve problems well. They might just not have something available at the time the ones who need work, the leaders who are living inside their own ego, who aren't doing the best in their leadership role, don't want to unpack the story around the problem because they take it as criticism towards themselves. I've seen really bad bosses and really bad managers do this. The story has nothing to do with them regularly, right? Or, or maybe it does, but they don't own up to it. Instead, the story really becomes about them and they take it so negatively that they don't want to name the issue because they they think it has something to do with their innate um, leadership abilities or management abilities, which is really just an ego-driven way to come at leadership and management. Instead... After naming the problem, when you start to dissolve the story around it, whether that's, hey, we overpromised, um, we need to stop doing that. Why did we do that? Who put that in the contract, right? Pointing fingers, um, getting upset with one another, getting upset with the team, having, you know, your, your anxiety rise. Um, you dissolve that story. And you do that by unpacking the elements that are causing the reaction, So in that moment after naming and you're starting to unpack these elements of the story, you say to yourself, in what ways did we set ourselves up maybe for this problem? Because then in step three of this three-part strategy, we say, what's the next best step? What's the next best step to take or the next best course of action? Because dissolving the story is really taking your ego as a leader out of it. So you've named the issue. You're dissolving that story you have around it, which causes a lot of hyper discontent. And then you say, okay, this is where we're at. This is what we're dealing with. What's the next best step? Not, okay, in the next contract, we're not going to put that in there. Or um, next time, we're going to make sure we have XYZ available that's fantastic. We of course want to make sure we're set up for success the next time so it doesn't happen again. But we need to focus on the next best step. So that might be as simple as, well, we might need to get a freelancer on board real quick to manage that expectation that we promised. Or we might need to go to the client and renegotiate what we promised or what would be delivered. Now, of course, this depends on the relationship you have with a client and the type of business you're in. But the next best step is very much dependent on the type of business you're in and how much you want to dissolve that story around maybe your ego being brought into the problem or the issue. Great leaders do this exceptionally well. They do all three steps exceptionally well. A problem is not a personal attack. Dissolving the story around the problem is an opportunity to see a solution for the future, possibly one that even can influence the bottom line, increase revenue, um, even build out new products and services. And then planning that next course of action or next step allows them to continue with the momentum and not get bulldozed or blocked in the moment and stuck in discontent, and discord, especially with team members. That, my friends, is the three-part strategy to solving a problem in a very smart and efficient manner. If you like this podcast, please rate it, share it, um, listen to it again, or better yet, leave a review. I would love to hear from you. Until next time,